All right, episode seven of Soccer Over Gotham, Midge on a Mission in Seattle edition. It is your host, Gary, from SoccerOverGotham.com. Ruby and I thank you for tuning in once again to this podcast. We have a fantastic interview with a member of the Blue Crew supporter group. There's a very interesting history with that supporter group. And stick around for that interview. And they throw a shout out to Jennifer of the Cloud9 supporter group. On this episode, we will look back on the first complete game of the season for Gotham, and we will look forward to Gotham's match against KC on Friday night, Pride Night in Harrison. As always, if you have any thoughts or questions, you can email us at soccerovergotham at gmail.com, and we would love to answer your questions. Without further ado, let's go Gotham. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Episode seven. Finally, Ruby, a complete game. Before we get to the game, let's talk a little bit. I just want to give a, a thank you to kind of everyone who's been listening to our podcast. We just crossed the 100 listener mark, which is cool for me. Yeah, that's. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, considering we're still very new at this, I, that's I think it's a pretty big deal for us. Uh, yeah, we're still trying to get the hang of it, so just hang with us, guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the first episode was admittedly very poor. We were just figuring everything out, and uh, I kind of feel about that episode where there was a, there was a band I like called Incubus, and I started yeah. listening to them late, and I started getting all their albums. So I bought like their first album. And inside, when I opened it up, there was this apology letter <laughs> for, for the album, which I thought was just hilarious. So that's kind of how I feel about that first episode. We were it just, it's not quite there, but I'm proud of it. It's like we should have a apologizing or like a sorry, <laughs> like audio before you listen to us. Like, I'm sorry, this sucks. Hope you stay. <laughs> yeah. And like the second episode, I think we got like four... Four listeners. I think we maybe put the episode out late, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be bad." And then uh, you know, from that on, we've been getting you know twenty plus listeners per episode. And again, we couldn't thank everyone who was putting up with us through this. And uh, again, we're going to get better, so stick with us for the. We're here for the long haul. Yeah. All right. Yes, like you said, a complete game. Tell me, tell me what you think. So, for me. Uh, let me see real quick. Let me pull up the notes. So this was like the first time. This is kind of where we saw what Gotham was kind of capable of as a team. So yeah. very exciting about it. Definitely. I'm still excited too. I'm actually still sipping on margaritas here, celebrating three goals and three points. Watch out. Gotham is coming with vengeance. What do you What do you think about this game, Gary? Tell me. Yeah, so I, I thought Orlando was hot last week, but this one was a hot one. I think the game temperatures out in the field were mid-90s. It was 
crazy hot. Yeah, definitely. Many props to Gotham FC players for playing consistently throughout the game, even though in those, you know, temperatures out there. So they, they did an awesome job. Yeah, absolutely. I played in some of the weathers like that. And, and when I played some of my professional ball, it was in Belize. It was like 90 degrees and 90% humidity all the time. And you felt like you were running with like 20 pound weights on your chest the entire time. And I know what that's like. And I was just the whole time I was like, oh, just get through it. We didn't have hydration breaks either, so. Oh, man. And you're literally <laughs> not running. You're, like, swimming because of the humidity. Yes, indeed. So Seattle rolled out in a similar lineup to what they brought to RBA a couple of weeks ago, minus LaBelle. Um, she was out injured. And Gotham rolled out a pretty similar lineup to last week, but we had read Vianz was replaced with Anamano up top. Uh, Zerboni was in the 10 spot instead of Lee. And Purse was out wide instead of Monaghan, who's out with a hamstring injury. This game started out fast, just like the other game. It was open, you know, chances at either end. And it really settled down, I'd say, around the 25th minute or so. And after that, it was just all Gotham. Seattle avoided the middle of the field completely. They were kind of forced to attack from the wings only. Uh, Anamato scored. Purse scored. And that basically called the game but we weren't done richardson scored a beautiful goal late and just walked home a beautiful win and it was a beautiful assist from viennes on the uh, richardson goal and we're just so happy and this is again this is everything we thought uh, gotham was capable of and if this team remembers to bring its shooting boots every game it's going to be a scary scary team to play ruby your thoughts on this dominant performance Indeed, indeed. So, yes, both teams had their opportunities to score, but we have the best defense in the NWSL. We only have let two goals in six games, so that's impressive. Unfortunately, Freeman had to be taken out in the second half. I mean, in the first half, sorry. And I think that was done more as a preventative uh, measure. So, you know, give her a rest because she's done awesome this whole season. Uh, we hope Freeman is back in, in the next game. Uh, and Cujo, I have to talk about Cujo. Uh, she did fantastic. And guess what? No yellow cards this time. All right. <laughs> she was pressuring, but she was being smart. And you could see her analyzing the play before coming in with full force. A clean performance from Cujo. So that was great. Uh, first half, we did we did get a goal and it was a little i was a little scared i was going to turn into an orlando situation where we're going to get a tie uh but that did not happen i was so wrong second half gotham came playing even better than the first uh half you could tell you could not even tell like it was hot or the temperature was so high because they came out with like full energy um besides looking at the tv that they were sweating you could even tell that you know it was so hot out there they they came out with so much energy and it was on another level. Absolutely. And we, uh, you know, we're going to change up the format a little bit uh, this week since we're gonna, so this was a pretty straightforward beatdown uh, for Gotham. We we're going to talk about the things that we liked and possibly things that we didn't like. But uh, I'll turn it over to you, Ruby. Tell me some things that you liked about this match. Besides the game, there's something I really, really, really liked. And that, that was. Uh, Anumanu's and Mitch Purse celebration. <laughs> that was awesome. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I caught it uh, 
I didn't catch it watching the game, but I just saw it on like Gotham FC's uh, Twitter page. Like, how did we miss this? And yeah, it was really cute. Really cute. Absolutely. And speaking of the celebration, uh, the thing I liked probably the most was I said it uh, at SoccerOverGotham.com on my game preview. I said this was going to be Midge on a mission. Uh, I know how competitive these athletes are because I, you know, I got the same mindset. And I knew that like Lynn Williams just turned it up and hit two, two or three goals in that game just to show she was, and she was left on as an alternate. She wasn't even like left off the roster. What this is going to do for the mindset of Midge is I am scared for anyone who's going to have to go against her for the rest of the season. She is going to tear things up and I'm all here for it. I cannot wait to see what she's going to do next. And she came out with just straight clowning players. It looked like a video game with a cheat code speed burst put on. Uh, I posted some of the videos over uh, on the Over Gotham Pod uh, Twitter account, and she was making players look foolish. She was leaving players in the dust. Uh, her, the goal she scored was just everything. It was a great run behind and just had ice in her veins when she finished that ball. I, I don't know about you, Ruby, but I I am definitely quaking in my boots if I am a opponent going against Midge for the rest of the season. Because Midge is coming to play. Woo-wee! Yes. And we are so fortunate to have Midge as a player for Gotham. Yes, I agree with you, Midge Purse on a mission after being left out of the Olympic roster, which is totally BS, in my opinion. I think she has found a new motive, and that motive is showing Blotko. Uh, he made a mistake. He obviously did a mistake. Um, but I'm 100% positive she will make the, the next World Cup roster. I'm 100%. Um, but tell me, what do you think about the lineup of, of this last game? Yeah, I get that the the national team is a club, and she's not quite in it yet. But to see her being passed over by players that haven't played in six to eight months is so disheartening. She, as you said, she deserves to be there, and it's absolutely BS that she's not there. I one thousand percent agree with you. Uh, another thing that I really liked this week was the formation. Freya has shown that she has been able to adapt to her opponents uh, very well. And in this game, it may have been because Zerboni was more of a defensive midfielder playing in the 10 spot, or just because Gotham had so little respect for Seattle's midfield. But for most of the match, Kuja was playing forward and just leaving Long as the lone defensive midfielder. Uh, whether you want to call that you know, playing with two 10s or or two eights doesn't really matter. But as you mentioned earlier, Kuja was fantastic. She was getting shots off and it worked. Uh, I think Frey is a great coach and her adaptability is definitely showing. And I think, I think the, the, the adaptions that she made for this, this, this match, she got everything right. What do you think, Ruby? Yeah. I love watching the games every week and I love watching Kuja every week as well. She's improving a lot. Uh, we are seeing her develop it right in front of our eyes every week. And she's a player that seems to improve, meaning she's very coachable. And I think that's something a coach appreciates. Uh, Kucho just needs a little more practice with the free kicks and taking more chances. I mean, you never know what could happen. I mean, Didasco scored, so just take chances. Yeah, she can do it. She absolutely can. 
another thing I really like is I'm starting to get into stats. Speaking of stats, I remember last week I told you that I was going through the microeconomics courses. Well, mm -hmm. I did my final and I got a 295 out of 300. I got a straight A on my microeconomics final. Hold on. <laughs> I still have no idea how I did it. <laughs> that class was horrifying for me, but I made it through. And uh, yeah, I'm very proud of myself. And the other class was really tough with stats, but I like when other people do stats. I like to read them, but I don't like doing them. So stats that I like are ones like this. Two goals, again, you pointed out earlier, that is all this team has given up all season. That is craziness, Ruby. No matter who they line up, it's just a straight lockdown in the back. I, I mean, I, I guess it helps when you have Sheridan, who's all world, and you have Long and Cujo just breaking up everything before it gets to the defense. But how many teams, side note, just a side note, how many teams have keepers that can split lines passing? I mean, Sheridan is unreal. Her distribution is unreal. Her vision and her passing acumen, again, is unreal. Unreal. I love her. Yes. Unreal is right. I'm going to go a little bit off topic. And you know what else is unreal? Brisas Empanadas is coming back. Boom. Yes. yes. Put that clapping back up there. Yes. July 2nd. Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> I had to mention it since I've been talking about it since like the first episode. So sorry, Gath uh, sorry, Gary. I'd put it out there. Yes, and, and the last game that I was there, I tried the vegan empanadas for the first time, and I and I were really good. I can't wait to try them again. I'm a fan. Indeed. So Ruby, who was your player of the week? There's so many to choose from. There was definitely a lot of players to pick from, but. For me, this week is Midge Purse. I saw the fire in her eyes. Like you mentioned before, she was clowning players, making them look bad, changing speeds like nothing. Like nothing could get her. Not even that hot weather. She was going 0-100 like really, really, real, real quick. What about you? Who's your player of the week? So in, in the video that I posted of the short clip of Midge just taking the ball off, I think it was Quinn, and then just boosting to the right in between two players and just taking off. Like you could just see Quinn just putting her head down like, oh, I got to chase this player now. <laughs> you know that she was just in for a long day. But, but uh, so my player of the week with that many to choose from, I'm actually going to veer off a little bit and give it to someone that I don't think anyone's going to suspect. I'm actually giving it to Kawasumi. I thought she had a brilliant performance. She was all over the place. She was cutting lanes off, making great passes. And her, so you can say that Purse's goal was very important, but that doesn't happen without the homie. That pass that she made to Purse broke the game. So Anu's goal was admittedly a bit fluky. I mean, keepers rarely make at this level a mistake that bad. Uh, usually they make a little better calculation than trying to go you know, in a foot race with Anamano, which no more, no mere mortal is actually going to win that race besides her. So I think at that point in the game, Seattle was very much in it. They was still in the balance. And I think they had chances at their end. That was, you know, one bad play and it could have been one, one easily. So, but that, that goal that Mitch scored from, from Kawasumi's ball 
again, broke the game. Five minutes after Midge scored that goal, they pulled Pino, they pulled uh, Cruz, and they basically just called it a game because clawing one goal back against Gotham's defense is is a task in itself, but two goals, it was done. So that is what you call a game-breaking pass. Well done, Kawasumi. Well done. She's. I've been a little. I feel like I've been a little rough on her early in the season, but this was her best, her shining moment. So moving on, uh, how do you how do you possibly pick a do better player this week after that domination? Right. I think I know you're going to pick Ruby, but go right ahead. <laughs> right? How, how do you like? How can you? It has been the best we've seen Gotham play. And the player that should do better, honestly, I, I do have a player that should do better. And that is O.L. Reigns' goalkeeper. <laughs> she has to do better. Uh, that first goal by Onmanu, she came out of the 18 uh, box. So I was like, what is she doing? Unless you're really good with your feet uh, and you're planning to like take the ball away from her with your feet to go ahead. But. If you're not really good with your feet, what what are you doing out there? Like you should have pulled back a little and waited for Anumano. So that was mistake number one. But yeah, please do better, okay? <laughs> what do you think? What do you say? Yeah, what in the world was that performance? I mean, that was like really shocking stuff. Uh, you know, there was a thing like a while back where Rapino, and I I think it was for the World Cup, said that that Buhati was overrated. And I remember that being kind of shocking at the time. And technically, it's awkward now with their teammates. You know, however, Megan doesn't lie. <laughs> As you said, the first first goal, she was out in no man's land. The second and third goal, she was caught in between two minds of, do I stay in the goal? Do I come out of goal? And yeah. she just kind of froze. And uh, yeah, just a complete dud of a performance. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, like you said, we heard a lot of good things about her. Like, oh, she's one of the best. But after that performance, I'm like, is she really? Yeah, I think I think Megan knew Megan knew more than everyone else knows. <laughs> or maybe it was just the heat. I don't know. Uh, she, was <laughs> <Could> out. <laughs> she just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> but so speaking of some more stats, uh, let's talk about the game coming up. Gotham is tied for the least shots on goal with Louisville at 17. Keep in mind that Portland leads the league at 56. So we're just shy of the of the leader there. Uh, Gotham only has seven yellow cards. For some reason, it felt like Cujo had seven herself, but, <laughs> but right. no, just just seven for the team. And only North Carolina and Washington have less to at six. And Houston, that scrappy little team, has leading the charge there with sixteen. So more stats. Our opponent is last in goals scored, which is four. They are third in. Third last in shots on goal, second highest yellow card total. They have zero wins and two draws. To say that KC is struggling would be kind of an understatement. They visit Red Bull Arena this Friday in Harrison. KC has Amy Rodriguez, who's a straight hustler and honestly can make something out of nothing. Gotham should be without VNs, Sheridan, Lloyd, possibly without Monaghan and also, Freeman, as we talked about earlier, hopefully she's okay. Should be a nice night in Harrison. Ruby, what are your predictions for this one? Yeah, I agree. Casey has Amy Rodriguez. But we have on defense, Didi, Freeman, 
Lewandowski by Daskal. Laura, she's injured, but she's still good. Um, Swarovski and Dorsey in defense. So I am confident. I'm going to say we're going to be okay, and this game is going to be 2-0. That's my prediction. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one zero, but I I just obviously reading those stats, it's hard to it's hard to logically say that that team is gonna score against this defense. But with Amy Rodriguez, everything's possible. But That's I will true. yep take it down uh, one to nothing. And so, side note, this is not just any night at Red Bull Arena; it's Pride Nights. <laughs> so Ruby, I'm gonna get there the, early. The new T-shirts from Gotham. Yes, and I'm going there early, and I'm going to buy all the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so moving on to news, uh, I guess we have to talk about kind of the elephant in the room or the strange, quote, news brought to us by Dan Laletta on Twitter. Dan says that Elise LeHu, our GM, has been away from the team, and he's not sure if it's permanent or not. And the club has not commented as of yet. So Ruby, any quick thoughts? Well, first, I do not like the fact that this tweet comes out without supporting details or any facts to back it up. We, we, haven't, we have not heard from Lahue or Gotham, which is strange. But until we have more information, I do not like to speculate. Uh, I just hope everything is okay because Lahue has been a very, very important part for this team. I strongly believe that there will be no Gotham without her. And again, let's not speculate. Let's not because of this tweet. So we'll just wait for actual confirmed news from Gotham or from Lahue. So hopefully we get something. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put anything on my show notes because I wasn't sure exactly what to make of all this and I didn't know exactly what my thoughts were and I'm still quite not sure, but I, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't believe it. Uh, mainly because this is Elisa's team. Everything that this team does has her fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. She was brought here with with the team two years ago and she has not only turned this team around but she's made it it's her team like you cannot have a gotham without lahu and i just i can't think that there would be an opportunity for her to go to that would be that much more money that would take her away from this team if that was the case i just I just don't know. Her fingerprints are all over the new signings. Her fingerprints are all over, again, everything that that Gotham does. So I just don't believe it. And I, I'm going to take, just like you, I'm going to be skeptical. I'm going to just wait and see what happens. But I mean, if if there is something out there better for her, I wish her well and all that stuff. But yeah. again, no, nah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't that's believe what we it. For. If she leaves, I hope she leaves for something better. Uh, and we, you don't know. Maybe she'll be like, "I'm going to Angel City with Kristen Press and Tobin Heath." You don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll wait. Yeah, they already have their GM, though. I mean, San Diego would be probably the only one that's yeah. being built, that's but true. it just doesn't seem likely. I mean, the only thing, other thing I could possibly come up with is that they're angling to sell this team. I know it's, that's not something you want to say all the time, but yeah, it does feel a little bit even like with the rebrand 
just adding the New York to the name Mm -hmm. brings up the valuation of the team. Yeah, it definitely does. I wish I had a lot of money. I would be part owner. That's one of my goals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. When we start getting this podcast money, we'll go. Uh, we'll go half. Right, help us out. Listen to us more. <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, some other news. We'll shift focus to uh, a promotion. Uh, I guess you call it a promotion. Gotham reserves Becca Morrow, since so she was assistant coach for the team as well. She's a terrific coach, and she got a promotion to Arizona. Uh, to coach college soccer as a head coach, and she deserves every bit of it. She's awesome. Also, uh, our Instagram detective has spotted Katane Tine in New York City, so that means she should be joining the team sooner or later. And who knows? Maybe Elise is with her in New York City. Who knows? So what we look forward to seeing her. She's a super talented player, and that's going to add a whole lot to this team. Yeah. Especially right now, since we're losing some players to the Olympics. So that's a great addition at this time. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, So a draft pick update. I'm not sure if I talked about this on the last episode, but I'll talk about it here. Uh, So over at SoccerOverGotham.com, I've been updating where our draft picks have been ending up. And now all four draft picks are accounted for. Our Instagram reporter, once again, scooped that Delaney Sheehan was in New Jersey hiking with Sabrina Flores, who's a first teamer. And which is fantastic. And we found out that she's now with the Gotham Reserves, which is great. Yeah. I think three of the draft picks are there now. Uh, and Brianna obviously is with the first team. So they signed all of their their draft picks. And we look forward to seeing her grow with that team. They play the same style as the first team. And we're trying to follow them as well. So good luck to her. Yeah. Um, if, I'm, if I'm correct, uh, Delaney, she did a hat trick this past uh, weekend on their last game. Three goals for her. That was amazing. How quickly can we bring her up? <laughs> we need some <laughs> <Right>. goals. Okay. <laughs> so any parting thoughts before we get to the interview? No, just again, just share the podcast and thank you for being here with us. Uh, again, we're learning. So hopefully you guys like it. Any feedback, just let us know at uh, soccerobergotham at gmail.com. You got it. So the interview we have coming up is really interesting. We're going to talk to a KC uh, supporter group, uh, I guess, leader there. And it's just an interesting story with their supporter group. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. It's, it's, uh, it's enlightening. So uh, let's stay tuned for the interview, and we will see you at the end of it. Hi, welcome to the interview segment here at Soccer Over Gotham. We believe wholeheartedly in supporter culture. It is truly the heartbeat of soccer clubs around the world. Our opponent this week has a very interesting supporter club culture, and I just really can't wait to learn more about it. Ruby and I welcome Daniel Russell, a member of the Blue Crew Supporter Club found at kcbluecrew.com. Welcome, Danielle. How are you this hot evening? I'm doing all right. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Ruby, how how is it out there where you are? Oh, my God. I don't even want to talk about it. You know, I've been saying like, oh, where's the heat? Well, the heat is here. 
and it and I was checking my weather app and it says where I live in Morristown, New Jersey, it says 106 degrees. I'm yeah. I'm dying. I'm melting. That is intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Yes. Yeah, it is, but hey, I've been asking for the heat, so I can't I can't really complain, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Danielle, what what does soccer mean to you? Did you grow up as a soccer fan? Did you become a soccer fan later in life? Yeah, I actually became a soccer fan later in life. Um, kind of did um, off and on during World Cup, Olympics and all that. And 2011 is what really got me into women's soccer, especially. I think there are a lot of people my age who have a very similar story like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's 2011 and then the, the Olympics the next year. And then after that, the league was announced and I was in. I was just all the way in with this culture. Absolutely. So how did you become a KC fan? Yeah. So I actually have uh, my first year of the league. I actually lived in New Jersey. I volunteered at some then Sky Blue games um, just to help out, just to be around uh, women's soccer. And I felt bad about it at the time, but I always just loved watching Casey um, with Lauren Holiday and all that. And so when I moved home to the Midwest the following year, I bought season tickets, went down for games and just fell head over heels for FC Kansas City and everything to do with um, the league and soccer in Kansas City. Yeah, that, that is awesome. That's so crazy. I didn't know you were here in Jersey. So what do you, yeah. this is a follow-up question. So what do you think about the turnaround now with, with Gotham now? Yeah, I love it. You know, there's always been a soft spot in my heart for um, Sky Blue and Gotham uh, just because of my experience there. And I think that it, you know, Gotham is definitely a team that uh, is a lot of people's favorite or second favorite team around the league. Uh, it's just a very charming team. And I think everyone was rooting for them um, for the turnaround and to see where, um, to see where your team is, where the team is now, it's unbelievable. And it makes me so happy. Very good. So tell us a little bit more about the blue crew. So, cause you have again, a really interesting culture. You were a, you were a supporter club with a team, then you were a supporter club without a team. <laughs> and you got your team back, but you were still a supporter club the entire time, which is fascinating. So walk me through that. Yeah. So Blue Crew actually was the first supporter group in the NWSL. Our founder, Kat, um, kind of did all of that the day they announced the teams in the league, which was really cool. And so it started out really small. I think that's one thing people really liked about Blue Crew was that we were just kind of small and charming and <laughs> people just kind of like, okay, they could, they're adorable. We'll, we'll let them, you know, hang out, I guess. And, you know, we just always were there for FC Kansas City. We had a great relationship with that team and we were able to, a lot of us were able to be out there for the two championships that that team won, which was really cool. And so. Uh, a lot of us, it was more, you know, we became so close. It was like a family. And so when FC Kansas City folded, we knew that we didn't want to lose that specialness. 
And, but we didn't know what to do about it. And actually it was uh, Jen from cloud nine who kind of inspired us to stay together because she had gotten us into the independent supporters council uh, while FC Kansas city was still around. And so she and um, the president Bailey uh, talked and they were like, we want you to stay involved. We want you to be here because you have a unique perspective, a unique voice. And after that, we're like, okay, let's stay together. You know, there's a lot of soccer uh, in the city, a lot of women's soccer in the city. And we can do what we can to support our former players as well. And so we kind of figured that was going to be the extent of it, kind of pop up on Twitter every now and then. And then it just so happened, whoa, hey, maybe we get to do this again. And here we are. Yeah, that, that was really crazy. So in that gap that the the club folded, who you were guys cheering on or who were you guys rooting for? And how did you guys feel once the team came back? Yeah, well, I think it, it definitely varied per person. A lot of people supported Utah, uh, which was great. Uh, I couldn't, <laughs> but a lot of people did. I, you know, I supported the players, but I, I just couldn't. And... I actually became a Chicago fan, mostly because they were the people, the other supporter group we were closest to. They were kind of the the forced rivals, if you remember when the league tried to do that. Yes. And so through that, we actually became friends. We stayed with them and um, when we traveled, stuff like that. So I actually became a member of Chicago Local 134. Um, maybe... I was a, uh, I call it a sleeper agent because I've watched some of the stuff they planned. And now I'm like, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to just bring that over now. Um, and then we also had some uh, Texas members. So they, they rooted for the dash, which was really easy for them once Shay went down there. Um, so it was kind of a mixed bag. So it was, they when they moved from KC to Utah, they bought the roster, right? They yeah. So all the players came came there, and then they all came back, essentially. Yeah, so um, Kansas City folded, and Utah got the roster. And same thing happened the other way around. Utah technically folded, um, and uh, KC and WSL is a new team who just got the roster. It just came full circle, and you got your team back. That is so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is so awesome. But who is your favorite player right now in in the club? Well, that's a hard one for me. Um, I with FC Kansas City. Um, anyone who knows me, I'm a big Becky Sauerbrunn fan, and so it was great. But she is now a thorn, and that is good for her, I guess. Whatever. Um, so that made it hard. I, you know, a lot of them. I have favorite players who from back in the the FC KC days. You know. Amy Rodriguez, how could you not love her? Right. Um, but then I've also uh, really started liking some of the players that are new to the city or even new to the league. Um, I think Kristen Edmonds immediately endeared herself to the fan base. Uh, I just got a jersey with her name on it. That was my first Casey jersey. Um, and then, you know, uh, Victoria Pickett is one who's also kind of endeared herself to a lot of us. But I, it's hard to choose. You know, you have all the old K, uh, FCKC players, Desiree Scott, Katie Bowen, who you just love because you know them. But then these new players are really exciting. So. 
Yeah. Edmonds is a, is, <clears throat> is a New Jersey girl. And I yes. actually, I trained with her for a while at, um, in Metuchen together. And she was a feisty, feisty player then. And early on in the season when she got, I think she had a red card for that. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that's, that is the Kristen that I, that I know and love. She's <laughs> such a fighter. And, you know, sports is something that's ridiculous where, um, you know, it's like, okay, she did the foul. She deserved the red card, but a fan base is like, wow, I love you because of that. Yes. So I think that immediately we're like, we're all in. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't back down. Yeah. Love it. So how do you feel about Casey in general as a women's soccer city? Because I know when yeah. you guys came back into the league, it was kind of this little thing where uh, the main team, Casey, Sporting Casey, like welcomed you back to the, to the league, but they were like, well, you can't sit with us, essentially. They, they couldn't <laughs> yeah. use their stadium. It's, you know, there, it's it's complicated, I guess. Um, in terms of being a women's soccer city, it actually has always been, mm-hmm. um, at least on the youth level. Our coach, Hugh Williams, he's coached so many players in the league. You look at a lot of the rosters, and he coached players there you know not just shake room but you know actually it seems like half the dash at this point and so it's always been big with the the youth they've had multiple teams there's multiple teams in the uh, semi-pro and amateur leagues uh uws uh yeah uws and the wpsl so it's always been big and it's always been big for the women's national team games uh, there was just that disconnect when it came to the league. I think that it's complicated. Um, I think there are a lot of excuses. Some might be good. Some might be bad. It is what it is. Um, but when it comes to sporting, I think that they're mending. There's a mending of a old feud, basically not feud, but you know, hurt feelings. There was issues with the last ownership of FCKC and sporting. I think that it's more complicated than any of us know, but I'm hoping that it mends it. I think that last week is a good first step. Um, the so-called double headers, it wasn't actually double headers, but the team's working together. That's a good sign of progress. So I, I think good things are ahead at least. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, you just got your team back. So it takes a little bit to get into the flow and get everything right. So mm-hmm. this year is kind of like putting things into place. Um, uh, also, like you guys have had a slow start. Um, what do you think it's missing on the field? That's a good question. Um, it's something and I can't figure it out. Um, I think that it's so close and I think the chemistry is starting to really gel. It's just missing something. It's definitely a finishing. Um, there's multiple games where the second half is what got us. I don't know what that is, but I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping we get that figured out soon because it's fun to watch this team. And I think Saturday was one of the most fun times I've had at a game, but losing is not great. I'm not enjoying this, especially after, you know, the seasons FC Kansas City had, we're kind of we were kind of spoiled. It's true, and just just watching the highlights and some of the games of KC this year, you're you're watching it and you're like, this is a this is a game that KC should win. There's a couple of like goal line clearances and mm-hmm. you know 
crazy half chances and saves. And you're just like, that is, I don't know. There's some kind of energy that's keeping them away from doing that. But those are games that you guys should win. And that's, that must be frustrating. It's not fun. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Tell us so, about it. When we were listening, we were like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so besides A-Rod, because just A-Rod is an amazing, it's an amazing player. She's one of my favorite players in the league because I just don't, I think she never quits. Mm-hmm. She's always working 100%. 130 minutes, 120 minutes of the game, and she and she just makes makes something out of nothing all the time. But besides a Rod, what other players should Gotham fans look out for Friday? I think the uh, a big one is uh, Lil Labanta, who actually uh, you guys had drafted back in 2015. I want to say so she's had time out there. Low, especially um, this time around. She's just made, you could tell she's worked her butt off and she really is that person in the midfield who is making the difference. She's the one who's really doing a good job of getting the ball to a rod or whoever is the forward for that game. And she hasn't played a full 90. I don't think since kind of getting knocked around early in the season, but if she's going 90 minutes, I think that uh, Casey has a really good chance of winning um, every game. Really, if Lowe is healthy. Um, aside from Lowe, I think Jessica Silva, who just came, who just arrived at the team, you could tell she knows how to win and she knows how to play. Um, even before she played her first game, she was like, hey, we're going to win. We're going to do this. We're going to get this losing streak out of the way. You can just tell she cares so much about it. And she's really exciting to watch. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch some of the games with her, but she goes, um, you know, 120%. And I think some Orlando players last Wednesday kind of <laughs> found that out. <laughs> so I think Lowe and uh, Silva are probably the two to look out for. All right. If Freya Coom is listening to this, this is how we're going to win. Okay. <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> <laughs> Please, Please don't, don't listen. listen. <laughs> So what is your kind of favorite supporter moment? I think the the obvious ones are going to be the 2014 and 2015 final. We are very lucky, um, a lot of us, to go out there for the finals, to be able to watch the team, especially both years there were kind of slow starts. Um, honestly, 2014 probably was my favorite moment just because – the team wanted so badly to win for the fan base. Uh, it was smaller. Um, they they knew that they had work to do and just seeing how excited they were. I think that's one of my favorite moments. And the second is, you know, late last year when they said that when it became official, Casey was getting a team back. Just immediately we all hopped on a, you know, a zoom and started talking, started planning. We knew we wanted to do this again. We knew we wanted to get it done. Right. And just that, that moment, I never thought it would come. And it was so special. It's definitely special. Um, so if any fans that are listening or any, um, soccer fans that are near Casey, how can they join blue crew? Yeah. So you don't have to pay a membership to stand with us. 
um, you know, come to our tailgate or stand with us. We we welcome everybody. We don't want there to be any um, financial barriers or anything to kind of hang out with us, to cheer with us. Uh, if you're in the Casey area, we're 116-118 for the sections. So come on and uh, stand with us, cheer with us and do that. If you did want to become a member, you do get stuff. You know, we have a T-shirt. Um, we have a Discord, which we just started this year. And um, it helps us to be able to do banners and TFOs and food for that. And you just go to our website and there's a link to our store. Um, membership's $20 and it really supports us to be able to make game day special and for us to really put work in to make those banners, to make those signs and support the support the club. Yeah. And you can also make new friends. Exactly. I... The first game I went down to um, in KC, I knew nobody. I had not one person. I didn't actually plan on joining Blue Crew, but I went to the tailgate and I started talking to one person and now she's, you know, one of my best friends. And I just, after a couple hours with them, I was like, I want to become a member. I want to become part of this. And these people are like my family now. So just like you said, an opportunity to meet new friends. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on kind of the future of the club? I think the future is bright. Um, you know, the longs, uh, Angie and Chris, and then Brittany Matthews are really investing heavily into it. You know, they're not just going to give up and go do something else. They're hiring the right people. Uh, the club is constantly working on, you know, this is the bit, you know, the business side isn't the fun stuff for us fans, but they're working hard on the business side. We just, they just got uh, another huge corporate uh, partner yesterday. Um, so stuff like that. Um, so I see it as a organization that will survive, I guess, which I guess for KC fans is something that, you know, we've been hurt before, but in terms of on the field, I think that, I think that the future is bright, whether um, this season turns out to be, you know, us getting a lot of wins or not. We have a lot of young players and Hugh Williams, our coach, he is just so good at finding young players to get in there to develop. And I think that's his strength, really, is working with young players and finding those uh, players all, all around the country. So I think that with a front office that's committed to staying around, to doing the right thing, and with somebody who is so good at finding those unknown players, I think the future really is bright for Kansas City. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the next couple of years. Yeah, I definitely think we all are. Uh, we, we are rooting for you. But so coming this Friday to Red Bull Arena, how do you feel this game is going to go? I don't know. I had a good feeling about Saturday and that didn't turn out. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping it goes well for us, for KC, but I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, Gotham, you guys are really good this season. I mean, um, I hope this doesn't sound condescending or anything, but you're winning games. You shouldn't, um, you know, okay. I saw the score from Saturday and I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm definitely, I, I, I'm excited about Friday's game. 
I don't want you guys to do well, but I think it's going to be a good game. Yes. Yeah, we definitely have a great defense, and I think that's what helps a lot. Yeah, Jeez. absolutely. All right, Danielle, uh, that comes to the end of our interview. We really thank you for being here, and we will talk to you again the next time we play. I forget exactly when that is, is but uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back on, and we'll talk some talk further. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. This was a blast. All right, everybody. So from Danielle to Ruby to me, we thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week where we possibly have another uh, player interview. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.